poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And it's Tuesday, so I'm joined by the one and only John Chai for Tactical Tuesday. John, how you doing? How's it going? It's going to be our last Tactical Tuesday at the well, for me from this location, this IP address. Yeah? How, how does that make you feel? Oh, it's the end of an era. Hopefully the my end. sound and lighting will be better at the new location. Though. Yeah, the, the, the end of an era. We, uh, Tactical Tuesday has finally gone global. And so, yeah, you can expand, get more space, just all, all the things that you've always dreamed of, thanks to this humble show. Yeah. Came, came, come a long way. We, we, we used to do only audio, man. That wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Well, life comes at you fast, you know? Uh, how was your recent experience with the frog, by the way, as part of the CPG Wolf program? Uh, I'm not allowed to talk. Uh, we're just going to let everyone know about the frog? You, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's part of it now, right? Like, it's in pop culture. It's apparently what all of the Sables are, are doing these days, so... You know. I mean, I didn't want to do it at first, and then you made me drop down stakes to 500 because <laughs> I wouldn't lick it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? After playing 500 for a month, I was like, it might be worth worth it. So yeah, yeah. So give it a try. And this first hand is is um, pre frog, and yeah. then hand after this will be post frog. What's the theme for today's show, by the way? Besides, <laughs> should we let people in on this joke? Since maybe not everybody is as on poker Twitter as as you and I might be. I mean, even Chu knows about what's going on on Poker Twitter right now. If you don't know what's going on on Poker Twitter, then, I mean, heaven help you. But you can let people in if you, if you so choose. Okay. So there's a table run by a, a pretty well-respected, well-known pro. And uh, one of the horses in the stable said that if you didn't do a lot of really wacky things, like go see a shaman, lick a poisonous frog, take acid and shrooms that his... Uh, backer would always threaten to drop him in stakes yeah that's what we were referencing yeah um i have to say though as just a funny little side note uh we we had a wolf meeting maybe a month or so ago and we were talking about the aggregation of marginal gains right just like small Mm -hmm. things that can give you an edge um there was like you know better enhanced sleep and vitamins and supplements and nutrition and exercise and meditation, you know, all, all the things were discussed. And, um, when I had Adam Creek on the podcast, uh, a year or so ago, he was talking about all the things that they did. Um, Adam Creek, uh, won a gold medal in rowing and multiple time world champion, just very, very, uh, high like level, high level athlete. Right. And he said that like, before they, um, got in their rowboat to go across the Atlantic Ocean, which was a thing that nobody had ever done. You know, they did a bunch of 
wacky things. And one of those things was they visited a shaman in Africa who supplied them with uh, an energy shield uh, before they left, right? And him and I were talking about it and just talking about how like, it's such a, it's a thing that has almost no downside, right? Like even if the effect is placebo or whatever, like it's just something that they did that just has very minimal downside. So anyway, this ties into our wolf meeting where one of my things, my suggestions that, that I've yet to do, by the way, I'm really dragging my feet on this, uh, was to contact a shaman on Fiverr to get us, uh, you know, an energy bubble and to go through that experience. Right. Um, I actually have like a whole job posting that I yeah, posted. I thought you got some Fiverr. applications for this. I story. got a lot of applications and yeah. I, I kind of forgot about it and didn't follow up on it. Um, it just goes to show you, right. That like, you know, I was on the right track. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I just forgot to follow up, um, on Fiverr, but maybe, maybe one day in this next month or so, um, I'll give it a go, but for the record, no wolves, um, are required to do drugs, uh, because if you don't, we just don't, don't let you in in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> nah, <laughs> we, we let you be, stay an autonomous human being. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but I think there is a lot of value in experimentation with, with different things to kind of, uh, see what works. But anyway. Just a quick little anecdotal story about shaman and wolves. And um, now you can talk about this hand. All right. So the only thing that we make you do in wolves that you might not want to do is, is bluff. And uh, that's going to be the topic of both of the hands that I brought in today. Um, it's kind of a spinoff or a continuation of last week's Tactical Tuesday topic, which was what should what size should I bet on the river? Um, both of my hands last week were value hands. Uh, so this week we're going to do two two bluffs. Um, I also think it's related to um, a lot of the discussion that's been going on or some of the discussion that's been going on um, in the Chasing Boker Greatness Village um, or in Greatness Village. Uh, I think last week in Tactical Tuesday, like I made a comment about um, someone's hand and like kind of committing to your bluffs a little bit more strongly, showing more commitment in your bluffing. Uh, we had a little bit more like conversation about that yesterday in, in one of the hand history channels. Um, so I thought that I'd bring in two hands that really show what commitment looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, you know, one can be a little too committed to their bluffs as well. That's um, true. You know, one of these might have been a little bit, you know, more commitment than necessary. Yeah, it's great for you know your future wife um, that you're this committed to things. But sometimes when it comes to poker hands, maybe not not so much commitment, but. I have a funny story about it. So Sai, my fiance, did see one of these hands while it was being played live. Like she just happened to be walking by me. And I'll, I'll tell you what she said. <laughs> it's not this hand. It's the next hand. Uh, so we'll save it for that. All right. Um, so this hand, committing to the bluffs, you open 3x on the button with a 6 and a 4 of spades. To the, to the best of my knowledge, by the way, I'm pretty sure we did a coaching session like yeah. Eight yeah. or nine months ago, and it was specifically about the 6-4 of spades, and you didn't open it on the button. And now, here you are opening it on the button. Not only opening it on, on the button, but I have to imagine, because of this week's theme, committing to it, like, it is, it's everything to you. Well, okay, so this hand was played quite a while ago, September, or February 4th. I'm 
guessing that I was still playing my normal preflop ranges back then, but then I saw this likely fish in the small blind. Obviously, I don't know for sure. Um, I'm playing two five zoom, and hard to get hard to get like great reads on whether someone's a fish or maybe they just lost a hand, you know, two seconds ago and didn't didn't have a didn't have a chance to reload before they got yeah. zipped into this hand. So I'm guessing that I was not regularly opening the six four suited, but I saw the fish and I was like, you know what? Let's let's uh, play with the fish. Sure. But Sure. I am opening the six four student now, so our, our coaching <laughs> session was not not had, did not go to waste. Yeah, it wasn't in vain. Um, all right, so you open a fifteen. You're playing five hundred and L with the six four spades. The big blind defends. Uh, you're about a hundred and fifty big blinds deep, I mm -hmm. believe. Um, you get a flop that just crushes you. The ace of hearts, jack of hearts, and deuce of diamonds. Clearly. Um, this is your board, right? The I know you're saying that checks. sarcastically, but I actually think that that's how you should be thinking when you're playing a single race pot as a preflop raiser and you see like two Broadway, two Broadway cards on the board. You should just be like, this is all me. I'm, I'm ready to like do whatever it takes to win on this board because, you know, the big blind, once they only call preflops, never has ace-jack offsuit, never has sets except for deuces, you know, never has like ace-king, ace-queen type hands that are strong top pairs. So while I know you were joking and saying like the six four spades does not connect at all with ace jack deuce hearts, but I was actually pretty excited to see this one. Yeah. It connects with your heart, which yeah. is what matters most. Um and you start with half pot here on the flop. Villain defends and the turn is an ace. Oh so it's just getting even better. Yeah. So basically Villain checks and you bet looks to be like 70% or so. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the first question here is, I mean, when you bet the turn, uh, you're pretty committed, right? To the bet, bet, bet. As soon as I saw the flop, I was, I was like, <laughs> it's just, oh. this is. Okay, so yeah. you were committed on the flop to bet, bet, bet. Why 70% here and why not like 90 or an overbet? I think I could totally do that. I think I could have started on the flop with an overbet and just gone like overbet, 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 or pop, pop, pot, or you know, it it almost like doesn't matter <laughs> what you what you do because this the big blind or excuse me the the preflop caller in these situations is just like so handcuffed that by the fact that they don't have nuts or near nuts in their range um, that I almost don't know how much it matters, like what sizes you go. Like, yeah, I guess like overbet, overbet, overbet might be like the most convincing um, or like pot, pot, pot or something like that. But and for, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. For the record too, like this is a Zoom pool, which changes things a little bit, right? Like w would you be so willing to do, take the same line at a regular table where there's at least some data points that villains can collect over, you know, 50 or 100 hands? Yes. As you will see in the next hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So again, let me press. Would there be situations where you would not just be going absolutely crazy here? Like you've been caught bluffing three hands in a row. No. No. So you're just. I mean, this is like not even like a function of like, oh, I got caught bluffing. It's just like they just don't have any hands in their range that can handle or like handle this. So like, you know, unless you're going to start making some like big, big hero calls and like they have just, deuces, right? Okay, fine. Yeah. You have deuces. You have one boat that you didn't check raise on the flop. Yeah. Maybe I some ace deuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
maybe some ace deuce. Maybe some ace jack. Like maybe they don't three bet ace jack in, in full. You see what I do on the river. Like I, I think even like ace deuce and deuces is is you know not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna be like, yay, like I have a full house, I get to call. Like Yeah, so I, I think you're foreshadowing that the river is not going to be a small bet. Um you, you go 70% on the turn. So $40 filling calls, there's 140 in the pot, and the river is a nine, uh, which makes ace nine a boat, I guess. Uh, John is very much unconcerned about ace nine because he is committed to his bluff. And the river, you pile for 671 for a 4.5x overbet. Yeah, I think this might have been a little bit too much commitment. Maybe. Don't don't know if I needed to. Don't know if I needed to go this uh, this far, but um, essentially what I am what I'm saying on the river is like I have bricked hearts or gut shots and full houses, and you know trip aces is not going to beat is not going to beat value. So if you want to call with your ace x here or like really just hero it off with a jack or something like that, like you you're gonna have to like you're only gonna beat bluffs if you do win, and none of. <clears throat> None of your none of your value hands are going to beat my value hands when I go this way, right? And so the argument becomes like if you're doing it with six four, like you, you obviously, it's obviously an exploit, right? And you're obviously exploitable if villain starts calling lighter than they should, right? Um, you just don't believe villains will call as light as they should, right? Or it's just it's really really hard, especially in Zoom, right? He's just like he's like, well, I have no idea. Like maybe this guy is just kind of a fish who like wants to get the max with ace jack or you know pops i would say there is a lot of value in zone on ignition specifically because you've got 15 seconds and no yeah. time bank so yeah, if yeah, you yeah. are you, you have 15 seconds to make this decision and and commit or you run out of time and hitting people with like the 4.5x rip on the river does make them think right their first thought is shock <laughs> like yeah you spend like five seconds like oh my god like yeah, then uh, you got to collect yourself and actually try to like think about it, you know. Then you have 3 seconds. Right. Well, it does get through and you, you put the ring on it and all the things. Like this is pre-flop uh, on the flop you you had a prenuptial agreement and <laughs> you went through all, all the way. Uh and so you you bet 671 there was 142 in the pot. Villain does fold a jack. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to I say. Mean, like, it's it's hard, hard, hard to say. Like what what happens with like their ASEX, which will, will be some of their range, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think like I don't know. I, I mean, ASEX is nice in the sense that it, it blocks like my really really good hands that I would do this with. Um, Although, like, I mean, I would still have, like, jacks and, like, deuces, but I don't think people look at ace, like, naked ace-x, non-boat ace-x, and think, again, like, you're not going to beat my value, like, just because you just because you have an ace in the spot. Um, so I don't, I actually don't know, like, how different it is minus the, you know, really, really nice blocker. Yeah, I think having a queen is probably not great for them. Like, they, they don't, they don't have a heart, so I guess that's, that's pretty good, but. They want to block like king queen and queen ten. Is, right, right. They don't want to block king queen and and queen ten. So I mean, yeah. Like again, I would like to see if Villain has like an ace with no heart. What they do here, I don't know how to judge 
with just the jack. Although, yeah. I think like seeing what they do with the jack though is like, like again, part of uh, what my discussion was on like kind of committing to your bluffs and like bluff sizing on the river was like in this spot, like I would say like, I, I just want a jack to like never even think about calling the spot. Like they just look at, uh, okay, whatever. I can't call, you know, I, I have to have at least an ace in the spot. So I just like, don't even think about it, just fold the jack. Like I don't even want the inkling of like hero calling with a jack to ever enter their mind. So if I ever got called by worse than like ASEX in the spot, I, I would just be like sick. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Because that's printing. Um, if they call with like any pair, that would be quite sad for you. Um, all right. Well, any uh, comment on like maybe what size I should have gone on the river instead of four and a half? Or I mean, I just what what what, what do you want me to say? I I don't know. Uh, I'm influenced by like their exact hand, um, and I don't have any information regarding like whether or not they're going to fold trips so like i think if you're targeting a jack like two i don't know two x pot like basically we have to look at like the fold equity that needs to be generated and like two x pot you know you need to generate more than like two-thirds folds um three x pot like 75 and then four x pot like 80 so villa needs to fold like over 80 percent of the time here using this sizing um 80% of the range is not Jack X. So again, I'm not exactly sure, right? Like if an, if an ace folds, then I can get on board, but I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll keep doing the field research and yeah, finding out if an ace ever folds. St sticking all the money in and, and find out if an ace folds. But um, basically like the, the more you risk, like in an ideal world, you, you find the, the spot that's most efficient, right? Like 2X, 3X. Um, where like, you know, you're going to fold out all Jack X's with X sizing um, and they have more than X amount of Jack X in their range uh, that, that you're targeting. And then as you move beyond that, you have to start folding out hands other than Jack X, which is Ace X, and then trying to figure out like how many of those they have um, would be the, the way to go about like figuring out whether the size is like uh, efficient or you can go smaller. But yeah, I'm unsure personally. Um, just yeah, because when you're not sure, just just be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unsure the efficiency of your sizing is what I'm saying because oh, this is like a a pretty foreign pretty foreign size to use the 4.5x on the river. Um, hand number two going to be bigger stakes post frog. Let's see if John is still as committed as pre frog. Stick around after the break. Where a fish dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. Rated R. All right. Welcome back from the break. Today's theme, commitment with all of your heart, soul, body, everything. Fully committed. Your bank account. Bank account, just everything. Um, another one of the prerequisites for joining Wolves, by the way. You just have to sign over your life and let me be power of attorney. Um, 
<laughs> so you can ghost them when they're playing like when they're really deep in like a cash game or something. <laughs> you know, growing up, I, I never realized that I really wanted to start a cult, but here we are, and yeah, maybe, maybe it's like it's like Creed Bratton says, you know, um, more money in running the cult, more fun being a cult member. Uh, I don't know. All right. By the way, just for the record, these these are all cult and cult-related jokes. Um, no power of attorney needs to be signed over to me. <laughs> so you have the Queen Knight of Hearts playing 1K and L. Yep. You open under the gun 2.5X, and the big blind defends. Oh, no. I know, I know what's going through your mind now. Oh, my favorite flop. Ace, King, 5, Rainbow. Yeah. This is even better than the other one because, like, we, you know, they, they, they don't, they can't be like, well, he might have bricked the flush draw. But the other one had two hearts. Like, this one's just like, Pfft. oh, I have Ace King. You don't. Let's go, buddy. Uh, so let's go, buddy. We start out with half pot again. I think you could go bigger. You could go bigger potentially on the flop, but whatever. Eh, no need to commit too early, you know. <laughs> Just getting to know the... <laughs> Just fe- feel- feeling them out. Yeah, seeing, yeah, yeah. Seeing. First date, uh, first date. And you get an ace on the turn. So we have the same effective turn as before, right? Which is a card that I think players typically fairly shy about going ham on because villain will have a decent amount of ace in their range. You believe differently? I mean, I, I think they have decent amount of ASEX on the range. I mean, this hand is, you know, for all intents and purposes, is almost exactly the same as the other one. I think, like, one of the big differences is that in the other hand, I opened on the button, and this hand I opened uh, from MP. So I think my range will be significantly stronger um, than in the than in the previous hand. But, you know, run out sizings, I think, are all almost the same. And, like, the, the concept that I was trying to get across is, is also the same. Okay. So here... Instead oh, of the other it. hand, you, yeah. you do pot the turn or 90% the turn. I really, um, really liked her after the first date, so I put a little bigger <laughs> on the turn. <laughs> All right. Villain calls. Um, River is a tray. Villain checks. There's 315 in the pot. Uh, villain has 844 remaining in their stack. I'm going to... Don't have to give too many clues as to what John does here on the river. He rares back and slams all of his chips into the middle. Announces that he's all in. Um, so two, like a two point five x overbet on the river here. So less than the previous hand, which was four and a half x. Here, I think it does make a, a lot more sense um, sizing wise, given what you're trying to accomplish. And again, it. A lot of it hinges on like how much ASEX calls here. Um, because like, I think you could fold out King Queen. Huh. King Queen is like a, is like the Queen Jack in the other hand. Like, I just don't even want them to think about it with King Queen. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, for don't sure. Let that enter sure. their minds. Right. So you jam um, and villain does fold. So to spoiler alert, by the way, going back to, hand number one and asking ourselves if an ace does fold um well villain does fold an ace in this hand so they turn trips call pot on the turn and then fold to the river overbet which i think is vindicating 
for your plan of commitment here maybe uh, might lead to a heart attack at a young age, trying to make villains fold out trips too often. But nah, strong heart. I was, I was, it was funny because uh, like, like I started saying in like early in the intro, but uh, like my fiance came out like on the turn, I think when I potted. And then as soon as he called the pot on the, on the turn, I was like, I think I'm going to have to jam the river. And then I jammed the river and she was like, do you think they ever fold an ace in this spot? <laughs> and I won the pot. And then she was like, that was a lot of money to win like 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so you, your fiance obviously plays poker, right? Uh, she used to play a lot more than she does now. So, I mean, she, you know, she knows enough to, to be able to like come in in the middle of the hand and kind of know what's going on and, you know, but not enough to know that they fold an ace on the river. <laughs> wow, the money this is. is this is the wagon that I, I'm I'm hitching to, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, oh, you have trips. I'll bet everything that I have. We have okay. a wedding in five months, John. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> You're trying to make them fold three aces. Yeah. Well, you did more than try. You succeeded, sir. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that like one thing that that is routinely talked about in hand history reviews in Greatness Village is like a uh, villain has X. Like it's so easy to tell yourself the story when you like check the river and villain shows their hand that like, oh, they never fold that. Oh, they never fold that. Oh, they never fold that. Well, they do fold whatever that is um, more often than than you would think. And like, Really, the more money that goes in the pot, like typically the the stronger the hands need to be. And sometimes, you know, top pair, top kicker, when um, a lot of money goes in post-flop, just like isn't strong enough to call it and people will fold it, right? And I think that like, if you think about how, uh, as the listener, you yourself play poker and how you think about spots and think about like, yeah, there are times where I'm sure you folded two pair. I'm sure you folded an over pair. I'm sure you folded top pair, top kicker. Well, your opponents are thinking about poker in a similar way to you. And so like these hands, you can generate folds um, if you fully commit. And John, for better or worse, the man, the man is a committer. So I think yeah. one thing that I want to add to is um, I see this like a lot in, in the village, but also even in wolves where um, like in wolves, we have guidelines for bluff sizing on the river in this situation and uh you know i see it in the village where like people just kind of stick out like the two-thirds or three-quarters on the river as their standard bluff size because you know that's just what i do it's a pretty big you know it's a pretty big bet and whatever but i think that that's like on on certain runouts and certain board textures like you have to be thinking a little bit more than like oh this is just the size that i bluff on the river like 60 or 70 percent i think it's just like never folding out a king on this on this uh run out and once they call pot on the turn they ha like always have at least like you know king jack type of hand that's just not folding on the river if you two-thirds it and so i don't know if it's like how much of it comes from just like being lazy and like not turning your brain on and like thinking about that on the river or how much of it comes from like maybe like fear like oh i don't want to like put in a ton of money against you know what could easily be asex and he's just going to snap me off but I do think that there's like when I like look at hand histories again, even from some of the wolves, um, there's like a lot of improvement that can be made on uh, picking the right river size depending on you know 
range advantage and, and, and run out? I think a lot of it is due to your high level understanding of range interaction and um, yeah, just like range interaction with the board and just visualizing how much pressure each component of villain's range can really hold up to and recognizing like, oh, villain's range here on the river, like for all intents and purposes, holds up extremely well to a 70% bet or a 90% bet or um, a 50% bet or, or whatever, right? Like just the hands that they get here with are going to call the river as well for the most part. So in order to start generating folds, you, you have to choose a larger size. And I think that's just due to like, you have a very strong ability to hand read and, and recognize the situation and what your mission is um, here on the river, which makes bluffing more efficient. And I think that like, there's, there's a lot of subtlety and nuance that comes with being really good at bluffing and understanding what you're targeting as you try to, to bluff and generate folds. And that's just something that like, yeah, I think the listener and pretty much everyone can really think about, but I, but I, I think like what you're saying there is a bit of an oversimplification in that there are many pieces that make up arriving at the decision to jam the river versus choosing a different size. And you really have to see the situation with a lot of clarity to recognize that this spot merits, you know, this sizing versus other sizings. So I don't think it's as easy as you think is basically the, okay. the long and short of, of what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are, these are good hands. This is a great topic and I don't have really anything left to add i would say the listener you want to join in these discussions greatnessvillage.com hop into the slack community um you can ask both myself and john questions as well as all the other villagers now there's like 600 or so in greatness village we're yeah i mean growing we're expanding we might be a hamlet in the near future um hamlet bigger than a village i don't know we're not a metropolis i know that much we're not a town (laughs) We haven't we haven't made it to town towndom, but um, metropolis, I guess, would would be the the end goal. Yeah, and like I said earlier, like the genesis for this uh, for this tackle Tuesday episode was like a villager bringing a hand in PPH, and then like another hand, I think actually from the same villager in, in the university hand history channel. So like, yeah, if you join, like <laughs> whatever topic you want to talk about, like, could easy, very easily be on tackle Tuesday or, or at least like discussed in the village. <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse i will risk violent punts to prove your <laughs> to prove things to you oh um thanks for listening to this week's episode of tactical tuesday and that's all i have for you cool see you next week thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.